What's going on, everybody? Elliot Shore Parks here with the Eagles training camp live from Odyssey Sports. Going to be talking about, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. Slow few days the last two days. Saturday, they did not practice, or Friday and Saturday, they didn't practice coming off of their game, their 35 to nothing loss on Thursday night. Sunday, they were supposed to practice at Lincoln Financial Field, but unfortunately, due to the rain, had to move that inside to the NovaCare, but they still did practice. They still did get in a day's work. And I was, of course, there watching what they did inside the bubble. Um, the bubble only being 60 feet long, or six start, that's not correct. The bubble only having a 60-yard field instead of a 100-yard field does kind of limit what they can do. Um, you know, when Jeffrey Lurie built the NovaCare complex and he built the bubble, he wanted to build a 100-yard field, but because of the huge parking lot next door to the Eagles facility, unable to do that and just the dimensions of the complex. So the inside of the Eagles bubble is actually 60 yards. And you would think eventually that's going to be something he will fix whenever they redo the team's facility. Uh, the NovaCare complex still a great facility, but has to be getting up there as one of the oldest in the league. I mean, it's been there since if early 2000s, late 90s. I mean, it's been there quite a while. So, and they've, they've renovated it, of course, throughout the years. But It'll be interesting to see when Larry does eventually do that because I know when Chip Kelly was the head coach, he was he did not like the fact that it was only a 60-yard field, and he tried to avoid working in that bubble as much as possible. But unfortunately, sometimes the rain does force you indoors, and that was what the Eagles had to do on Sunday night. So supposed to be practicing at the link, indoors at the bubble. And as part of having the shorter field, it could be a coincidence, could not – but they decided to work on situational football quite a bit on Sunday night. They worked a lot on third downs and then a lot of situations at the end where, you know, for example, the team's down eight with X amount of time to go and they're on this yard line, right? So working on, you know, hurry up offense in that regard, making sure they get out of bounds, sidelines, clocking it, all that stuff. And then also on third down. So how did the team do? Well, I had Jalen Hurts down last night as 17 of 22, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and honestly, I think that's a pretty accurate depiction of how he was. Completing his 17 to 22 passes, one of them was a drop by Miles Sanders, uh, I think is a good look at what he actually, how he looked throwing the ball. He has looked more and more comfortable. I mean, there were days of camp, I'm going to look at my, you know, where he would go 8 of 14, uh, f 5 of 14 to start camp, you know, the, those type of days, 16 to 23, where, uh, you know, he just didn't throw the ball very well. But I thought that he did throw the ball pretty good on Sunday night. He's doing a lot better at the sideline passes. Um, he's also he's also been a lot better on the run. Early on in camp, I thought some of Jalen Hurts' worst throws came when he was scrambling off to the, you know, breaking the pocket, rolling to his left or his right, debating if he wanted to throw or run and making snap, snap decisions at the last second and then delivering accurate passes. I think he's been a lot more um, decisive in what, in what he wants to do. And as a result, I think his passes have been a lot better. So uh, 17 to 22. Um, on third down, the Eagles didn't seem to perform that well. So one benefit of practicing indoors is a lot easier to hear what's going on. And I'm not going to say exactly – what was being said, but it was clear that the defense was winning these drills. They Sirianni, um, each practice sets it up so that the offense versus the defense, and there's a point system, and either one of those unit units wins the day. So, for example, if the defense has a better day, they'll win it, and there's a scoring system. 
And then, you know, over that was their 15th practice, not including the pay, including the Patriots practices. Um, I'd imagine the defense has to be up. Sirianni's never really been, been willing to tell us, but I think the defense has outplayed the offense in training camp. And that continued on that third down uh, drill. And that really shouldn't be surprising when you consider the fact that the Eagles offense in the preseason has been really bad on third down. I mean, they were 0 for 11 in one game. I, I don't know if they've converted one or they've only, no, they played two games. I don't know if they've converted one yet. I'd have to look that back up. But either way, they've been very bad uh, on third down. Now, the starters aren't playing, obviously, but they the starting, starting quarterback did play the first game. So something they have to get better at. And on Sunday night, they worked on that. I'm trying to think if there were any noteworthy plays. Uh, there was one third down where Jalen Hurts dropped back, uh, kind of rolled over to, I think it was his left, and saw Zach Ertz down the sideline, hit him with a long pass. And it was a great throw by Jalen Hurts, good catch by Zach Ertz. In a game, he might have scored a touchdown. Uh, looked like it was someone there to tackle him, but maybe in a game he would have broken it. Either way, it was a good good throw from Jalen Hurts, good catch by Zach Ertz. That was one noteworthy play. Um, a lot of them were, you know, third and four, third and three type situations. So even the completions didn't stand out a lot, but they got their fair share. But overall, Sirianni, you know, he had a megaphone. He was kind of like hype man Sirianni. Made it pretty clear that the defense was winning. So defense won that drill. Um, the second kind of portion they did was situational football, as I mentioned, where they did, uh, I believe it was, they were down eight points with, 40 seconds to go on the 25-yard line, and they needed a two-point conversion, obviously, being down eight. So um, the first-team offense went, and I will pull out, see how they did. I can give you the play-by-play kind of blow. So they were – the first pass was to Miles Sanders, a short pass. And it was funny, Miles Sanders went along the sideline, and I kind of thought he should have ran out of bounds, I mean, considering the clock was running. He didn't. He kind of kept going up the field, and they called him then – it dead inbounds and it probably cost him about seven or eight seconds again in a practice not a huge deal but practice makes perfect and in a game you know I think that would have been a noteworthy play people would have been talking about because he was heading towards out of bounds a defender was coming he cut back up field probably got another five or six yards but also cost them some time so you could debate if the yards versus time but it, it did end up costing them like I said seven eight nine seconds uh next play was a quarterback scramble. Hertz rolled out, tried to see what he could find. There was nothing really there. He rolled out to his right, probably got five, six yards, uh, slowly moved the ball up the field. So at this point, they're at the maybe the 12, something like that. Next pass, a short completion, Devontae Swift, Devontae Smith over the middle. Um, and Devontae had to go, they had he was over the middle of the field, so he couldn't get out of bounds. They got to the line, they clocked it. Um, probably at this point, they're definitely taking down eight, nine seconds. Uh, you know, seven seconds, that type of thing. Incompletion to uh, Miles Sanders. I remember the last play, four seconds left. They were probably eight or nine yards out. An incompletion in the back of the end zone. It looked like it was to Jalen Reger. Uh, Quez Watkins was right around there as well. But it was incomplete, and the first-team offense wasn't able to get it in the end zone. So um, not, a, not a good drill from the offense. And it does speak to what's interesting is when you watch a Seagulls offense, They've been so much better against the Steelers in the limited snaps they got in the Patriots in those two days of joint practices. Where they've really struggled is against the Eagles, the, their own defense. And that that showed again in this drill. I mean, they just have not been good getting it in the red zone against the Eagles defense. 
I'll be interested to see if, you know, from the Eagles perspective, if that carries over into the regular season on the defensive side of the ball, it could be that the defense is just really good. And we've discussed that on the show. And of course on the go birds pod and 94 VIP, like maybe this Eagles defense is just really good. And if that's the case, then, you know, obviously that's a good thing for the team. And that would explain some of the struggles, but yeah, it seems like whenever they do full field drills uh, against other teams, Eagles move the ball up and down the field. The issue is against Eagles defense, they haven't been as good. So what did stand out, and this kind of stood out, well, I shouldn't say kind of, it really stood out in the team's uh, second preseason game, is the depth on this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is just not that good. They just do not have a lot of depth. You look at safety, there's not a lot there. There's definitely not a lot of cornerback. Uh, the defensive line has depth on the edges, but Ryan Kerrigan isn't currently practicing. And then when you look at the middle of the defense, uh, there's just really not a lot of depth there, too. T.Y. McGill is an okay player. Uh, linebackers, they don't have a ton there besides Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. Sean Bradley's a decent player. T.J. Edwards is decent. But these are probably guys, besides T.J. Edwards, that you don't want playing 80% of the snaps. And what's what's starting to happen is Joe Flacco is really picking them apart. So in the second team defensive drill, they were in the same situation, down eight. 40 seconds to go on the 25-yard line. Uh, and Flacco got the job done. His first pass was an incompletion to Travis Fulgham, who we'll talk about in a minute, but it's just not having a good training camp. Uh, his second completion was to John Hightower, who's really starting to come on. You know, he did get an okay start to camp, missed some time with an injury. He's now back. Nick Sirianni spends a lot of time with him, just, you know, doing, working with him after every rep, pointing out his mistakes, pointing out what he did well. You're starting to see him improve a little bit. So second play of that drive was to John Hightower. Third play, once again, an incompletion to Travis Fulgham, over two on the drive. Next play, uh, completion, short completion to Jack Stoll over the middle. At this point, they're probably at the eight or nine yard line, maybe the 10, somewhere around there. And Joe Flacco drops back and hits John, John Hightower in the corner of the end zone for, for the game, for the six points to pull them within two. And it was funny, after the play, it was a great catch by Hightower. And he stays in bound. Hightower runs, grabs a ball, dunks it over the crossbar. Now, in a game, that would have been a penalty, and the Eagles would have been penalized for that. And it would have been huge because, again, situational football, they were down two with the ball. And as a result, I think it's like a 15 yard penalty. So they would have been pushed back quite a bit instead of being on the two yard line. Sirianni picked the flag up that the ref was there and threw it, uh, joking around, kind of saying they weren't going to enforce it. But in, in all seriousness, like that was a bad, bad look for John Hightower. Now, maybe he doesn't do that in an actual game, but if Sirianni, you know, this Eagles team was sloppy last year, 107 penalties, consistently putting themselves behind the sticks on first down. Like I thought it was kind of a teaching moment where Sirianni really could have enforced that and made Hightower feel the consequence of what he did, but he didn't. And the next play, Joe Flacco hit Kenny Gainwell but he did not get in for a touchdown. Pretty hard to believe when you consider they were at like the two-yard two line. But Kenny Gainwell didn't get in. They didn't make the two-point conversion. Uh, so the defense won that one as well. But overall, Joe Flacco has been much, much better, and he's really had some success against the second-team defense. So um, they're now 15 practices in, which is wild to think. I mean, a result – one of the nice parts about them having two sets of joint practices is – we're getting way more time watching this team than we would have otherwise. I think in a normal year, we would have stopped being able to see them after this, after the first game or maybe after the second, but joint practices have to be open to the media. So we got those two extra ones against the Patriots. We're going to get two more against the Jets. So as a result, we're going to get 17 practices 
to watch this team. I mean, in years past, and I can open some of my past spreadsheets. So in in 2019, we got 14 practices to watch them. And in 2020, we got now it was shorter because we got 11 and three of those days were were 10, 10, 10. So they basically didn't practice. So last year got eight practices. This year there's been no 10, 10, 10s and we're going to get 17. So just a ton more look, a ton, a ton, uh, ton more reps to watch and just a better chance to get a look at this team. So I spent today uh, going over my stats and just kind of, you know, going through, uh, kind of going through where they're at, how they're doing. And I, so I, I thought it would be good to take some time to go through some of the players and talk about how they've been. So let's talk with Jalen. Uh, let's start off with Jalen Hurts, of course, the most important player in this training camp. Um, there was a whole thing with him being sick on Thursday night. He was back at practice on Sunday, obviously, just talked about it, and he seems to be feeling much better. So that's good. I expect he will be a full go against the Jets on um, Tuesday and Wednesday. And I don't know if he'll play on Friday. Frankly, I would not play him. I don't think it's worth risking the injuries. I think they're getting good enough reps in these team drills. And I understand that it's not exactly the same as an actual game where he can get hit, but it's close. And if it's 80%, you don't, and you, you know, the risk injury is way lower because he can't get tackled. I think that's worth it. I think it's important to get him to week one. And I think it's important to have this offense and this offensive line healthy. I mean, last year, obviously, Brandon Brooks missed the whole year. Lane Johnson was injured a lot of the year. And even when he was playing, he wasn't fully healthy. So getting these guys to week one healthy, I think, should be the priority, which is why I do not think you will see him on Friday night. And even if you do, I think you'll see him in an extremely limited amount of snaps. So Jalen Hurts overall, as I mentioned, 15 practices so far. I have him down for 402 reps, all on the first team, has not taken a single second team rep. Obviously, he's not taken a third team rep. So clearly the team views him as a starter. There's no real competition going on here. Everybody knows it's going to be Jalen Hurts. So I have him down as 189 out of 262 passes. Um, I can do the math really quick on what that is. Now training camp practices or attempts should be high completion. They should be. So let's see, 189 divided by 262. He's at 72%. So, you know, that is good, obviously, 72%. But I would say considering the passes he's attempting, you would want to see that just a little bit higher but nothing too crazy. So obviously, you know, overall, I think he's thrown the ball better and better as camp has gone on on. As I mentioned, his first day, he was five of 14, uh, you know, and he had some rough days out there. So uh, the fact that he's hitting 72% of his passes on 262 attempts is good. Like I said, a little higher, but, but I think it's very good. 16 touchdowns, only six interceptions. The six, the 16 touchdown number is definitely low uh, compared to past years. Again, we talked about, few seconds ago in 2020, I only saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight passes, uh, not eight passes, eight practices with Carson Wentz, and he had 28 touchdowns in that span. Uh, even last year, Jalen Hurts in those same practices had 13 touchdowns. So I don't know if they're just, I think they're probably running the ball a little bit more. I think that's, you know, you've seen that a little bit with Sirianni, but the touchdown number is low. You would have liked to see that be higher and he'll get a chance coming up. I mean, against the Patriots, he had four touchdowns in one practice. So in these team, these joint practices, he is throwing the ball more and he is, you know, in they're doing more red zone, which is giving him a better chance to have touchdowns, but only 16 touchdowns in 15 practices is just not that good. So we'll see if uh, that carries over the regular season, obviously last year. And as you know, if you listen to me, I had the bet with Howard Eskin, 35 total touchdowns 
um, or more from Jalen Hurts. And a part of that was based off the fact he had nine in four games last year. And if you, you know, extrapolate that out, I think it comes out to 39 or 40 total touchdowns over a full year. Now, I know you can't just say, oh, he'll keep that same pace, but he was a, an actual rookie, like a pure rookie last year. The team was a mess. The offense was a mess. The whole situation was terrible, and he still got the ball in the end zone. So I do actually think, and, you know, I've, I've bet Howard about this, that he will have good touchdown numbers, but his training cap numbers are not ideal, certainly when I have a bet going with him. All right, let's talk about Joe Flacco for a second, because I think Joe Flacco at the beginning of camp got a little unfairly criticized. He got off to a bit of a slow start. I'm looking here, you know, just wasn't throwing it a lot. Six of 10 the first day, seven of 10, eight of nine, but wasn't really doing much. He was checking it down a lot and he was missing the deep throws he was making, but he's really come on as of late. Uh, I have him overall 220, um, not 220 reps, 306 reps. Again, every single rep with the first team. Um, so, you know, again, Jalen's going to be the starter. It's, you know, you almost pause just kind of thinking about how silly it is. 306 reps, all with the second team. And then I have him at 149 of 222 overall. 13 touchdowns, almost as much as Jalen has. You know, Jalen's touchdown numbers are not high in camp. And then only two interceptions, and one of those came in the last practice. So he's been doing an excellent job taking care of the ball. And if he were to go in, let's say, you know, God forbid Jalen were to, to, to be injured, you know, I think what you would want from him is kind of what he's been, getting the ball out quick, accurate passes, not to, not taking many chances with it. Uh, and the result of only two interceptions and 220 passes shows that, that he is taking care of the ball. If the Eagles were going to have to play with Flacco, they would have to change their the running game style a lot because Hurts er, is a part of that. But overall, I think that, you know, if Flacco goes in, the season is over. Obviously, don't get me wrong. But if they had to win one game with Flacco, I think they could scheme it. And I think he could potentially play well enough to get that done. So if I had to give Jalen Hurts a grade on uh, on his training camp so far, I would probably give him a B minus, B minus B around there. And I would give Flacco right around the same. I think, I think Hurts has been better. But I think that when you just consider the scale, you know, I'm grading Hertz harsher and I'm kind of giving Flacco a bit of a backup uh, bump. I think that, that he would get right around there as well. B minus B, maybe, maybe towards B plus because he has been better, way better as of late, but he got off to a rough start. So overall, they've been getting decent quarterback play uh, in camp, despite the fact their offense situationally has struggled. They've been getting decent quarterback play from the team in, in, uh, uh, in overall. All right, let's talk about, let's start with the running backs. Um, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and Kenny Gainwell are clearly going to be these this team's four main backs. And I think they're all going to play. When you look at, there's only four running backs. Or, so overall in training camp, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Or no, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, eight running backs in camp overall. And only four of them have, have carried the ball with the first team offense. Gainwell, Howard, Scott, and Sanders. Um, obviously, on Johnson at this point is released. Adrian Killens is released. Huntley and Holyfield are still on the roster. I've gone back and forth on whether Huntley's going to make the roster a bunch. Some days I'm like, he can return kicks. He's super fast. They kind of normally keep five running backs. Maybe he's on, but then you look and he only has two carries with the second team offense. And the rest of his carries have been with the third team offense. Now he does have 10 catches, which is more than Killens, more than Holyfield. So he is getting a little more involved in the passing game, but 
I don't know. I'm starting to lean Huntley doesn't make the roster. But Miles Sanders, 77 total touches so far in 15 practices. So he's certainly been very involved with the offense. 54 of those are carries. 23 of them are, uh, are catches. As I mentioned, drops continue to be an issue for him. He has four drops now. Easily the most on the team and definitely the most among the running backs. So, you know, that's why I think when you look at the carries, like Miles has a lot more. He has 54 carries. Uh, Boston Scott is 29. Jordan Howard has 35. Kenny Gainwell is 21. So he has, you know, not double them, but he's got a decent amount more than them, 30, 35% more. But when you look at, at the catches, he has 23 catches. Boston Scott is 25. Howard, 15. Kenny Gainwell, the most on the team in training camp at 27. So Sanders has just not been as involved in the uh, in the passing game. Now I can look at their their targets because as I mentioned, he does have the drops. And Gainwell, 35 targets. Sanders, 35. Boston Scott, 28. Howard, 19. So Howard obviously the least involved, but if you look at just the the targets, Sanders, Scott, and Howard have all been very similar. I think they've all been equally, pretty much equally involved in the passing game. Now, will that carry over until the regular season? I don't know. I mean, the drops are an issue for Miles Sanders. Now, in the run game, you're seeing he's getting the majority of the snaps and the touches, but in the passing game is where he's not been as involved. So I think the running back depth chart is pretty clear at this point. Miles is number one. Boston's number two. Howard is, I would, and I would say Howard and Gainwell are kind of tied for third situationally. You'll see Howard between tackles, short yard back. You'll see Gainwell split out wide. I don't think he'll get a ton of carries, as I mentioned. Only two first-team carries, but 27 catches. So he's been extremely involved in the pass game, not as much in the run game. So the, the running back depth chart is definitely starting to come into more and more focus. All right, let's talk about the receivers and the tight ends before we get out of here. Um, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager missed the first um, three or four practices of training camp and wasn't really involved. So I was stunned when I looked today, and he has the most targets on the team, 35 targets so far uh, among the receivers, I should say. Now, the downside is only 19 of them have been caught. So his his catch rate among his targets is one of the worst among the receivers. But he's been extremely involved. They're looking to get him the ball. So 19 out of 35, one touchdown, two drops. Um, he has had a few more drops in one-on-one drills, which I don't tally up. But he has had a, a, a bit of a drop issue. And you saw that in the preseason opener when he dropped that pass against the Steelers. So Rager, 19 of 35. Uh, Devontae Smith, let me see. So he only has 13 targets because he missed a ton of time. And then the two practices he's been back, he hasn't been as involved. But I thought you saw in the in the preseason game against the uh, Patriots that, yeah, I think he had four or five targets. Like he's going to get the ball a lot once he's out there. And I think he'll be heavily involved in week one. I mentioned Fulgham, 13 out of 26, one drop, no touchdowns, um, 50% catch radius or catch percentage. So he's just not been that great. And then you look at J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, 20 targets, so six less, but 17 catches and two touchdowns. So he's catching a way, a way higher percentage of his targets. He has two touchdowns, whereas Fulgham has simply not been as effective. Quez Watkins has cooled off a little bit. He had like a really hot four or five-day stretch. Now he's got 25 targets, 21 catches. Four touchdowns, the most on the team among the receivers. But I would say, and it's funny because I don't think we've brought him up almost a single time outside of talking about various plays in camp, but Dallas Goddard, very underrated training camp. 39 catches, most on the team. 45 targets, most on the team. Six touchdowns, most on the team. Not a single drop. Like he is having an outstanding training camp. And 
I do believe he's going to be tight end number one. I believe he's going to be heavily involved. But Ertz has been involved a fair amount as well. Ertz is third on the team with 29 catches. He's third on the team with 39 targets. Or sorry, 29 catches, 39 targets. Two touchdowns, one drop. So he's also been extremely involved in this offense. And at this point, unless you get a super good return for Ertz, trading him would be silly. You've worked him in your offense so much. You're giving him all these reps. Losing him, who would you put in? Tyree Jackson is gone. Kroom is gone. Um, I mean, be Richard Rodgers, I guess, but Richard Rodgers can't do what Ertz does. So I think at this point, they're better off holding on to Ertz unless they get a really good um, return for him. So that's kind of where we're at this week, Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday and Wednesday, they're going to be practicing against the Jets. I'll be in New Jersey watching those practices. We'll have reports for you on WIP and of course on 94BIP.com. And then Friday, I will be back to preview their preseason game against the Jets, the final preseason game. Will Jalen Hurts play? Will he won't? If he does, how much did he play? And who are the players that get some final spots on the roster? So thanks, everybody, that took the time to listen. Really appreciate it. And I will catch you guys on Friday. This has been Training Camp Live for Odyssey Sports. I'm L.A. Shore Parks.